things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light Welcome everyone to the Being Inspired radio show. I'm Amanda Johnson, your host, and I am filled with giddiness and excitement to introduce you to another inspiring guest that I have with me here today. Sarah Moore and I met a couple of years ago now, I would say, something in that time frame, um, maybe a little over a year. <laughs> I really, it doesn't matter, but we met in the past at some point, and when I met this woman and we were actually reminiscing briefly before we started recording, I remember thinking to myself, who is this bubbly, energetic, full of life woman? She is petite and yet just full, full of life energy with this adorable accent. And I remember thinking, where has she been all of my life? Um, we really did, I truly believe, felt an immense connection right off the bat. And um, I will say that the only thing that uh, is somewhat disappointing to me is that we have not carved out time since to connect as often. However, what's so beautiful about her and the reason I felt so called to uh, invite her into this space to and have her share this space with me is because I know that we are um, deeply connected. And, um, and so she's here to share her gifts and her wisdom and everything that she stands for with, with all of us. And it is such a deep, deep pleasure to invite her onto the show. Sarah, welcome. You are such a treat. Hello and thank you. I was just sharing with Amanda that I am a giddy little spring chicken this morning. So I, I am just really excited and really open to see where our conversation goes. And Amanda, I want to acknowledge that I got goosebumps when you said, I feel disappointed that we haven't carved out time. And I don't know what time together looks like moving forward, but I'm committed to having a little more of you in my life. So I love that we're sharing this space together as a great way to start what can become, I think, an even more special connection, however that may unfold. And that gave me chills. So we are really on to something. Thank you for saying that. Oh, and it, you know, as, as they now hear you and they can just, I know, feel your energy. Um, I will also tell them a little bit about more, a little more about what you do. So Sarah is, as you can hear in her voice, a very passionate life coach who collaborates with her clients to inject more wow into their lives. Sarah stands for a life full of deep, meaningful connection mostly because she knows exactly what it feels like to be burnt out and turned off. After finding herself in the hospital back in 2012, having spent a year battling health and work issues, Sarah set out to follow her dreams of becoming a life coach. More Soul Sessions was born because, well, let's face it, we all need more soul. 
Sarah works with mostly women and a few special men who are curious, open-hearted, and spunky and want to understand the gap that stands in between themselves and their desires. Sarah offers private coaching, women's retreats, and public speaking. And we're going to learn more about how to connect with her. She's got daily soul sessions, five days a week on Facebook, a soulful blog where she shares her own life lessons as a vehicle to invoke curiosity and to inspire change. And this is what I love most about what she shared with me. She is deeply in love with her husband, Preston, and their little boy, Austin, and is currently writing a book about reframing how women experience pregnancy. So much good stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm laughing. Never could I have imagined that could be a part of my journey. And I just, I love that about being open and curious about life because we just never know where we're going to end up as a result. Mm. Amen. Mm. So here we are. I am, I can, my body's just on fire and, and alive with energy. So listeners, as you know, or if you don't, if you're new to this, then welcome. In each episode, I love to ask each guest what it is that she or he stands for. Um, what is true in their being, in their essence, and that special thing that they bring to the world through their being. And when I asked Sarah this question, she wrote a simple yet profound statement in response. And what she wrote back to me is that she, um, she says, I believe in the power of making the small moments significant. And I just thought, oh, that is, again, it's, it's packed in a, in, in a very simple way. It is packed full of sort of truth and um, profundity. And when I went in search of a quote that could then supplement that um, or couldn't perhaps say that in another way, I found my way to the Tao Te Ching, which is uh, a text that I have been reading on and off now for probably well over a year. And when I flipped to that and I went in search of something around significance this is what I found. And as I read this quote, um, I would love to ask you as the listeners and, and Sarah, certainly if you can, to close your eyes or allow this, these words to sink in and hear what truth is being spoken to you. Because sometimes it's the simplest words, um, the smallest words, the shortest phrases that can have the biggest impact. So here is what the Tao Te Ching has to say. Perceiving the insignificant is called enlightenment. Perceiving the insignificant is called enlightenment. Now that blew me away when I read it. So I'm curious, Sarah, what, what does that bring up in you? What does that say to you? Mm, well, firstly, I just wanted to go, you know, like so loudly and I still have my eyes closed by the way because I still feel like it's sinking in and I also have my hand on my heart and it's beating fast because it resonates so deeply. The first image that popped into my mind was me being stood in my kitchen 
cooking, chopping, doing something kitcheny. And looking at my husband, Preston, who sat at sort of the kitchen island, the bar, the bar, you know, on the bar stool, and sharing some little moment. And I usually describe it as being, doesn't it sound insignificant? But oh my gosh, this is how it made me feel. And I was able to trace it back to that feeling that I was having last week. Remember what I was telling you about that, babe? And so I just was transported to this spot where I often reflect so much about my life with this man who is the most important person in my life. And I so often use the word insignificant and yet it is where I feel most alive and most in the light when I realize this tiniest thing about myself and I trace it to so many dots that it ends up being significant. Mm. I have just a smile plastered on my face <laughs> as you share that. How beautiful on so many levels, so many things about that image are standing out to me as beautiful. And here, here's what they are. First of all, it is the picture you painted of, of working in your kitchen, cooking, creating, doing the, the, the kitcheny things that some of us do. And, and then being there in the presence of this man who you say is the most important person in your life. And what a blessing to both of you and to all of us to hear what that can feel like and look like. And then this idea of the insignificance of things truly leading us back to that, those other times, they, it becomes the portal to then connect so many other dots, so many other quote unquote insignificant moments in our life. And it's, for me, what I hear is you have a willingness to, to go there, a willingness to pause long enough to even notice the insignificant, because I believe so many of us might rush right past them, or we may believe we're looking for something else, which is way more significant. So let's, you know, let's just move on. And I, I hear you taking the time to, to be with them and to notice them. It's beautiful. So great, Amanda, to hear you reflect that back because I realized as you were talking that that has been a journey, right? I think that I've always had a real innate curiosity about me and I've always loved having in-depth conversations. I can remember being a teenager at school and there was so much talk about career and the subjects that we were choosing and what we were going to study at university. And, and I just remember saying, God, I wish I could just get paid to have conversations like this, right? So when I learned about life coaching 10 years later, I was like, oh, this is what I was talking about. I didn't know it existed and I didn't know I could get paid to do it. And it was just the right fix for so many reasons. And so realizing that while I've always been curious, I haven't always known how or why to pay attention to those small moments. And so it's really been a journey. And 
I think that for anyone listening who is even just drawn to Amanda's podcast and this conversation that we're having today, you are already innately curious. You're asking questions. You clearly have a desire to know yourself at a deeper level. And so I think that being able to just become even more curious and to ask questions with intention, maybe just about a specific part of your life or about your being, you know, like maybe you want to create more connection in your life. And so you start becoming curious about, like, where do I feel most connected? Who do I feel connected to? And as we start to dig away and derive data as a result of asking some of those questions, we start to gather information that gives us so much more information to put on our own map, so to speak. And it, and it becomes, it has for me and many of my clients, such an exciting process as a result that really the more questions we ask and the more things we pay attention to, the more we learn about ourselves. And as a result, we start making decisions with intention. And I believe intention is the backbone of freedom. Mm. So we start making choices that are aligned with our desires and exactly what we want to create. That's when we start living life on our terms because our reality matches those intentions over time. And so it's just really great to think about how that process has been quite fluid, but it hasn't necessarily always been natural or a priority or something I've known how to do really well. As you were speaking, because I had noted another uh, quote from the Tao Te Ching um, from a pre you know, previous reading and remembering that it pointed to another definition, if you will, of enlightenment. So much like it says, um, you know, perceiving uh, the insignificant things is called enlightenment. It, there is another quote that goes something along the lines of to know others is, is wisdom, to know yourself is enlightenment. And that's what you were talking about. This It's as if when we get curious about those seemingly insignificant things, that is where we uncover and we reveal who we are leading us to this place of knowing thyself. And I think that's just, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And the other thing that came up as you were speaking, um, because these conversations never happen when they aren't meant to. Uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm always mm. just incredibly in awe, incredibly in awe of, of the timing of our conversations. And I was just writing uh, an article today about this idea of asking questions and our need to know the answers. And there can be a way of going about that in our lives, I believe, at least in my experience, that is less serving, uh, that can be more destructive, meaning, well, I just need to know, I need to know what's next, well, how's it going to happen, and what's that going to look like, and, uh, and we busy ourselves, we distract ourselves with this neediness of, I need to have the answer, whereas there's another way of asking questions, which I believe you are, you just pointed to, and you just said so beautifully, where we are empowering ourselves to ask the questions 
that get us clearer on who we are and that get us closer to our deep knowing so that we don't need to distract ourselves with all these other questions. So I, I just love what's coming up right now around questioning and getting to know ourselves um, and what that what that looks like. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you as I think about questions. I love that you're writing that article, by the way. It sounds really interesting. I'd love to read it once it's finished. I, so I was, I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it recently. You know, are we asking ourselves a disempowering question or an empowering question, right? Just such a simple distinction, but not one that I may have verbalized that way. And it aligned with something I've believed for a while, and I still feel like I'm testing it out in a way. Um, and that is that I, I have found in my own life, and I share this with so many of my clients too, that the questions of why and why not are often disempowering. And I say often because I still feel like I'm testing this to a degree, but I do believe that there's a real degree of truth to that. And the reason I say that is because I'll speak from personal experience. When I ask myself why or why not, I tend to get stuck in overthinking. I tend to start trying to have to prove or show why I think this decision is the right decision. I move away from just because it feels good as an answer, which I have found is the best answer I could ever have for making a decision. And I've had to get really comfortable with that being the only reason, because I've always been a really big reason giver and let me go through all of the possible outcomes. And ultimately, it takes me away from just trusting, trusting my instincts, because why and why not don't tend to have a place when my intuition is right at the center of the decision, right? It's my intuition, my intuition is feeling. Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't know. I have just been thinking about that a lot. And you brought that out of me as you were sharing about what types of questions we're asking ourselves. So this is again, oh, okay. I love that you said when you said that, that why or why not can be disempowering, I, my jaw dropped a bit because I want to go into that. And I think this would be such a fun conversation because I think we're both exploring it. Um, and, and when you read the article, I'll send it over to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts um, because the way I approached it and let's, let's talk about it is the... I get what you're saying, I believe, in terms of needing to prove or have the reason or the explanation and being out of touch with our truth. And I had another conversation with someone on this show where, and I loved what he shared, he said he carries around with him a laminated card in his wallet, and it has one word on it, and that one word is why. And he uses that as a, as a portal, as a way to say, now let's, and I can say this from my own experience, um, I, I get angry. 
Um, I, I spout something off without having thought about, or, you know, with, without thought, it feels, you know, it just comes out almost as uh, default. Um, I, I react to something or I choose to do something maybe because I feel like I ought to, I should. And I find that that word why can peel back the layers, the muck, the illusions, the layers of obligation and fear that we have built up over our intuition. And what I'm wondering is it can be a tool to, and it could, it can empower us to get down to that intuition, that truth. And it could disempower us if then we stay there. Do you, you see what I'm saying? If we keep asking once we're there. So I'm fascinated what you think about that in terms of why being used to perhaps find our intuition? Okay, good. Timing is everything because I think this is what I've been searching for is like, I want to test my idea out, right? And you've just given me some testing ground. And it's so helpful because in that, in everything you've just shared, I feel like I am 100% on that guy's page and on your page because you also align with what he said and the reason for that is what i see clearly is that there is intention behind the question why right and so i think that's a great thing because that is really just trying to get us down to what's the real truth here that's almost like the synonym of the synonym question of why, right? And that can only be the most helpful excavation. And knowing when to stop is key. Yes, 100%. And the other side of that, I think, is we're programmed simply because we're not given any tools about how to align with our intention, how to make our thought process work for us, how to even be conscious about our thought process, period, is that why becomes oftentimes a question that is about all the things that maybe have happened in our past to support why the decision is a good one. And so, or, or why it isn't. And I, I, my experience firsthand of that is somebody who hasn't necessarily walked down the personal development path too much yet and really had the chance to get to know their intuition often then ends up in a place of overthinking and is further removed from their intuition as opposed to moved closer towards it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm 100%. Okay, great. <laughs> it sounds absolutely. And I, I'm thinking as well, uh, thinking, I, I totally can identify and relate with the, the overthinker. The, and, and I agree when you said knowing when to stop is equally as important. And I believe that, that you couldn't have said it better. We can use that question, especially why. So as I was writing today, what came up was 
and I think this might be another way of um, another distinction, perhaps, as we explore this or as the listeners are like, well, where, what, how do I use this question? Where do I fit on this? What do I think about it? Because they might have their own thoughts as well. And the question why came for, to me in terms of why, why did this happen? So again, looking in the past, and, and I do believe there can be, and you've maybe experienced this with clients or even in your own development where we can spend a lot of time in that, you know, why was it like this? And well, why did my parents do this? And well, why was I treated this way? And, and we, we sometimes, I believe personally, I've used that question. Why as a distraction, um, as in a way to try to understand it, right? I, I need to understand why I am this way. And the other time we can ask the questions without intention. I think that was a key thing you said is when we're looking in the future, well, what's going to happen and why will it be that way or how might it turn out? And the, what we're avoiding is being in the present moment. And it's in this present moment when I can say, as I'm about to say something or as the feeling comes up, a simple why. Why would I say that in this moment? And the answer may be because it feels really good. <laughs> or it could be, oh, because that's what I used to usually say, right? And we start to get curious with intention. I just think that's beautiful. And so there's also something for me about this kind of getting lost in the past or getting lost in the future and then forgetting to be in this present moment. I, I love that. that. Yeah. That's really helpful, actually. And I, I feel as though, you know, oftentimes, especially when I'm just beginning with a client, I'll often say, let's put why aside for a moment and let's focus on what you'd like to create. Like, what would you like to create? What What can we change so that we're really moving forward and we're not getting stuck. And the gift that you have given me today is I feel aligned with that decision when the person is newer on the journey, right? Because if there's anything I'd love them to get from our coaching, it's not just from our coaching. If there's anyone, if there's anything I'd want for anyone to get in the world, it would be, to align with their instincts, their intuition, um, the best GPS on the market. And yet I think there is space, which I haven't yet created, and you have for me today, to come back to why. Even just the way you said it, like it was so gentle, it was so juicy, it wasn't an accusatory why. Why didn't that work out? Why didn't I get the promotion? Why was she mean to me? It was like, why? You know, and and so I think that that could be a great tool when it resonates in that in in that way with that intention behind it. So I think that's really a beautiful thing. And I and, uh, the the way we say it, right? So it's packed full. It's packed full there. And and what a beautiful reframing and then gift to us to hear that so distinctly. Um, I'm curious, as you have been sharing, and, and I, I'm, I, I would love to see where this leads back into the, the seeing the significance in, in the small things, 
and where you said that was a journey for you and you know you've always had this curiosity and we see that this curiosity has led to questions and questions has led to a deeper knowing of yourself I, i'm i don't even know if i have the question yet i'm but there's something in that and i want to offer it to you to see if you feel it is there's something that you can see in terms of the in the significance of those small things in your life or an example of of that um how you use that with your clients um yeah there's something there and i i'm not putting my finger on it well i'll share just on definitely what came up for me as you started to ask the question or just share your thoughts i I guess I tuned into the fact that it wasn't always there for me. I didn't necessarily know how to show up to the small moments. And I flashed back to being in a job that was so right for me, and yet it wasn't right at all. It wasn't right at all because my values what I wanted to create in the world didn't align with the values of the company. Never in a million years at that point in time could have I could have I articulated it that way. All I knew is I felt stuck and this is maybe this is the part that's most relevant is that I felt so stuck and so I don't know if quite hopeless, but I just really couldn't quite see what was the next thing to do or how this was going to get better. How was I going to start feeling different about who I am? And so because I was so uncertain and I was so insecure and because, because also I hadn't really done a lot of work on myself at that point, the job was the issue. The people running the company were the issue. I was so distracted, love that word, by all the things I thought they needed to change, all the ways in which they needed to see my value, all of the ways in which they clearly could have been running the company better if only they asked me because I have all of this talent and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it, um, that I couldn't, there was no space really for me to even tune into myself, let alone the hundreds of little red flags I was being shown about myself. Again, I still couldn't see that. I, I thought they were all about them on a weekly basis. And, you know, I just, I was actually reflecting on this story because I'm in the middle of writing my book and this story came up and I haven't been inside this story for such a while. And I actually learned so much from writing it down. I'll just share this quickly because it feels, just feels such a beautiful lesson to, to share out loud. So even once I left the company, and I left because I was burned out and I left knowing I was going to start my life journey, that life coaching journey immediately. And so 
even maybe two years after leaving and being a certified coach and working with clients, I still felt really angry towards the company. And anytime I ever got like physically near where they had a location, I, I'd feel uncomfortable. I'd start to sweat. Like it was just a really yucky feeling. And so I would say to people, this was my story. I would say, oh my gosh, they were so good at dangling carrots in front of me. So just as I'd start to get disgruntled enough, they'd sense that in a conversation and they'd give me a promotion. And then just when I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't take this anymore. This is awful. These people are idiots. I, you know, like I got sent on a trip as part of an international merger we were going through. And then I would feel valued again. And I realized when I was writing this story, which was, I mean, this is five plus years later, they never dangled any carrots in front of me. They actually saw my value. They actually gave me exactly the experiences I was asking for. More responsibility. Take my raw talent and run with it. I think I can do more, even though I'm not sure what that is. And you know what? They stepped up to the plate every single time. And what's been so beautiful about that revelation as well as just, again, being inside my story, and even right in this moment, it feels delicious to me, quite frankly, because I was thinking, how true is that for so many of us, women, men, across the states right now, I mean, even across the world, right, who are experiencing that level of dissatisfaction, and how that can be turned around simply by having some support or mechanisms in which we can start to collectively get to know ourselves, start to really take our own power back and the responsibility for what we want to create in our life by being able to ask these small questions and learn how to do that in a way that is inspiring and fun and really fucking life-changing because it's no longer about the other person, the other people, the other entity. Oh, <laughs> I was listening and just <laughs> chuckling in the background. I was muted so that I didn't disrupt. And it was, I mean, everything you said, um, what a, I'm so glad you shared that story and the way you shared it and this idea. And I can so relate if they just could fix it and change it. And if they asked my opinion, things would be way better around here, right? That, <laughs> that idea. Um, it's, you know, it's so funny. It's, it's all about them. It's all about them. And then I love the revelation when they did actually start to value you in the ways you wanted, it was still, they were doing it wrong and they were just dangling the carrot and woe is me and da, 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 right. Like we, how often we do that. We, we don't pause and and say wow what does that really mean or wow what a beautiful gift or you know we don't we don't pause and i i love that you have done this in your own life you offer other people who you work with an opportunity and a space to ask these questions and to get curious and to turn that around and to look within um and i i do agree there's so much i do believe we've such so much dissatisfaction and resentment and you know blaming and all these things that we experience 
that can be shifted by looking in, you know, looking inwards. And, and that doesn't mean our, and our external world doesn't even have to shift immediately. You know, it probably will, but it doesn't have to. And I just love that you create that space for others. And you've certainly done that for yourself, which is beautiful. And, and of course, you too, it's part of what you creating this is all about. Which, by the way, I'm really friggin' excited for you. This is such a great platform. Oh, thank you. It's, it's really, um, it is so enlivening. And thank you. I, um, I, I, I do say this a few times and, and it, it's so true for me. It doesn't get old to say it, which is when we find those things and I can hear it in your voice as well, when you speak about coaching and that, you know, that is what you are here to do and how you're here to serve. I, I, I now get that. I now know what that feels like. And it, that's, this space is one of those, um, for sure. Writing is another one for me, and it's really a gift. And to your point, you've been saying it all along, it is by getting in touch with our intuition. It is by getting in touch with that part within us that knows. And when we can align with that, this is what it feels like, and this is what we can create. And it is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Yeah. Amanda, could I ask um, you a question? Yes. I'd love to hear from you when you read the quote that you did at the beginning, especially the one about insignificance and enlightenment. What came up for you when you read that? Mm -hmm. What came up for me is, first of all, the simplicity of it. And how I have, and certainly how I see others um, overcomplicating things. And the feeling that the perceiving the insignificant, so in, in addition to being simple, it's being mindful. It is taking time it is slowing down it is having a willingness to pause reflect look at the flower i, I was listening to eckhart tolle who's one of my i would say definitely one of my root teachers he's he has served um, a very important role in my my journey and he is doing a talk on relationships. Um, and yet, you know, he being who he is and in the present moment, the conversation, um, you know, twists and turns and, and goes all over. And at one point he was talking about seeing people and really being with them and, and seeing, you know, seeing who they are. And he says, if practice on a flower, because a flower is just being asked it is just asking you to be looked at it is asking for you to see the beauty in it and when we see the beauty in the flower we see that it is a reflection of ourselves um, when we can get quiet and when we can get still when we can pause and look and see the sunrise or the sunset we can see the magnificence being reflected back to us 
that we have within. And I do believe that is part of enlightenment. Um, if not enlightenment, we can perceive the flower, the sun, the tree, the small insect, and see our interconnectedness and see how we are each a reflection of the other. So that also is coming up for me. Wow. <laughs> I feel slightly speechless. I just, I feel like I've got like this tingling sensation over me. And I'm like, uh, 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 uh. I, <laughs> that was, that was extraordinary. I, I, you know, as soon as you started sharing, I thought, you know, that's something I've never really, I guess, consciously thought about as I've been exploring what do I stand for in a lot of depth recently. And I, it was really vulnerable to send that short phrase because my inclination was, wow, I stand for a lot of things and how do I distill that? And and, I, and as I sent it, I felt really sure. And then afterwards, I thought, well, maybe that, you know, all those, all these questions. But I still, I, I still had a knowing. And I just never thought something that you have brought up throughout this call, this idea of pausing, of time, and how, how that is inherently in being able to see someone. And one of the things I just think is so special about coaching is the privilege of seeing into somebody's life in the most intimate way. I mean, that blows me away. At a surface level, I love a great friggin' story. You know, like we don't remember all the facts and figures, but we can recite a story almost verbatim when it's a great one. And, and maybe even actually when it's not that great, the stories just tend to stick with us. Um, why was I telling you that? Uh, you were talking story, about story. the being in someone's life. So the, the, what it, yeah, the excitement yeah. and joy you get. Mm -hmm. And there's something to you. And there is, and yet to like go down and to hit all of those different levels there is so much stillness when we experience that kind of intimacy, whether it's in, no matter what kind of conversation we're in, coaching or not, right? And um, I just love how you brought the image of the flower and then sort of reflecting back, like the beauty inside of us and how how I just believe our kind of work, this kind of message is so much bigger than we are. And, you know, funnily enough, I was actually, I was at a Mama Gina event. Anyone who hasn't heard of Mama Gina, oh my God, this lady rocks. She runs something called the School of Womanly Arts. It's based in New York. She's just a great lady, somebody for you to check out if you haven't heard of her before great sense of humor, spunky as hell. And um, so I was at uh, her event last, well, not last week, the week before in the city. And she, we had to do this uh, catwalk across the stage and she had a pink carpet runway. And 
somebody put that, you know, people were asking questions. There was about 2,000 women. So it was an extraordinary event with an incredible amount of energy. And we were asking questions and, and somebody put their hand up and said, what if you're really scared to walk across the runway? And she said, this is so much bigger than you. The reason I do the work I do, and I'm paraphrasing here, is because we in this country have all the choices. <laughs> That's maybe slightly changing, right? But we have all the choices that anyone in the world could ever dream of. And we owe it to the women in other parts of the world who don't have the choices we have to get up on that carpet and walk. And I don't know about the lady who asked the question. There was no follow-up. She didn't say anything in response. But it was the moment, which is why I love going to events like that, because I get out of myself from behind my desk where I'm coming up with the solutions, mostly on my own or with a couple of other people, where I'm reminded that my small fears, they are important, but they are so not important at the same time. Like this is about advocating for other people. I'm not quite sure how I've ended up there, Amanda, but I know. Oh, well, pause and, it, and taking time. Yeah. I got on a roll then. <laughs> you did. And I was right there with you. And here's how I'm going to just circle it all back is that you are talking about in an interesting way. We, it is so much bigger than us, which implies we are insignificant. And it is perceiving that, which is enlightenment, perceiving us and who we are in this great, grand, big world and universe that we live in. And so, yes, on the one hand, we are insignificant because we stand, we are here for something so much bigger. We are connected to something so much bigger. And what a powerful invitation, if not almost um, oh, just an acknowledgement that we may be afraid. You may be afraid. I may be afraid. People listening to this may be afraid to step up, stand out, speak out, contribute in the way they are meant to. Because who am I? Well, yeah, who are you? And that doesn't matter. Like we, we are part of something bigger. Um, and so on the one hand, we are, you said it before, it's like we, the small fear, they, they matter and they don't. And I agree with that. We matter and we don't at the same time. And it is by getting over that so that we can actually contribute to that which is greater than ourselves. That's, the, mm -hmm. that's what we're here to do. So I, it all makes sense, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> and, 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 and good, good, good. And it, yes, you know, the reason I, I realized I went on that um, storyline was because exactly what you had said about the flower, seeing the beauty in ourselves and the interconnectedness between all of us. And I don't know about you, but I forget that regularly and need reminding all of the time because I get stuck in my own fears. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't we all? Yes. Mm, wow. So juicy. So juicy and full of life. 
I, I would love to shift gears. And before I do, um, because I do feel like we just kind of went on this beautiful journey together. Is there anything that is uh, feeling unsaid or a rock that was, you know, not unturned that you wanted to, to look at before we dive into some other questions? Mm, thanking your gorgeous intuition. Yes. Um, I guess something didn't feel quite right about ending on the word fears. And so I wanted to acknowledge that it's so beautiful to be in a place where fears don't have to be a bad thing. Like they're just a beautiful part of who we are and, and that we don't have to get stuck or bogged down by them. And I feel like that's, that's such a big invitation for me all the time by mostly amazing women in my life who I'm either physically meaning talking to, connecting with, or just women that I follow. I mean, of course, mostly from my close sisters and friends who are there to totally normalize those moments where I'm experiencing hesitation and I'm not sure if I'm good enough. And I just, I just think that's a really remarkable part of the journey. And for any of you who are listening, who are judging yourself or beating yourself up for maybe not doing the things that you want to do yet, or you're not sure how to get out of that job that doesn't feel amazing, or you're desiring a partner that you are madly in love with and have amazing sex with, um, like those fears are so incredible. That un that uncertainty is so incredible because it's information that is already proof that you're in the cycle of change. And paying attention to that and feeding it is only going to lead you to exactly where you want to be. I just really wanted to acknowledge that. I don't think we hear that message enough. And it's such an important one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm so glad you shared it. Mm. Mm. I like to end on that. That feels really beautiful and complete. And <laughs> I would like to shift to now learning a little bit more about you specifically. We've heard so much of your, uh, just as you've so vulnerably shared and and allowed me to ask questions and challenge you and you do the same with me that was just so beautiful and now I'd love to ask um, the the questions I ask of each of my guests and the first one is who is a source of inspiration for you and why great question Preston my husband um and I'll tell you why Gosh, I could actually tell you a lot why. We could probably have a whole episode on just that question about him, which I actually think is feels we really will. special to <laughs> Yeah. <We> will. <laughs> yeah it, For yeah, sure. To even say that is is really cool. Um but I'll tell you why. So my husband is a recovering addict. He got clean and sober when he had just turned 21. And he always says, the hell was I thinking? Like I just got to the legal age and then I gave it up. You know, that's crazy. 
and he is 36 so that's 15 years going on 16 years of sobriety and it's it's not that necessarily he's sober that inspires me although I find that very inspiring it's the man he has become as a result of that so the environment he grew up in was very heavily drinking focused and it is a constant revelation to me that he ended up finding sobriety when it was really the thing that almost ran completely against the grain and the spiritual work he has done over the years in the 12-step rooms has created such a special man and that he is dedicated to that kind of growth and that's translated into him exploring coaching and he knows how to be incredibly intimate with men and so how that shows up in everyday life for us which i which is where i find the most inspiration is that he is he has been such a great teacher for me about how to be open when we met i was very judgmental really because of course i was insecure that's where judgment stems from and he not only that he was so open but he allowed me the dignity of loving me for exactly who I was and being patient as I walked my path because he saw something else in me. And it's not even that he wanted me to change. It was just that he ushered me into a different state of being. And I truly consider myself an open person today. And it's just remarkable to me how much he shows me about patience, connection with people. Oh my goodness. He is so thoughtful, loving. You know, like I'll be kind of like, oh, they didn't call me back. He's like, so what? Call again. Call again. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't have to be annoyed with them. What? Oh, okay. You know, so um, Preston inspires me inspires the most uh-huh. on a consistent basis. I am, so that brought me to tears and I am so, we will, uh, I will have you back, if not at least two more times, one to talk about that and another time to talk about your book. Maybe it's one and the same, I'm not sure. Um, I, I have to say this, I know there is a reason we connected in this way and I do know our connection will only deepen. Um, my partner is also, uh, he, he's, Preston reminds me a lot of Michael. And, and as you spoke, I was given so much hope, although that's not really the word I want. It was more like a knowing of what is possible and the reason I feel the way I feel and love the way I love and I'm with the man I am with. And I am so excited to talk more with you about that. So for that to be continued. Um, thank you for sharing that. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful gift to both uh, you and to Preston. Um, all right.
shit next next question i could go into that for hours um what place or activity most inspires you right now twofold answer place sort of an interesting twist on that is being with my son austin whatever place we are in together he's just turned 11 months it's so sweet to note the month um and uh i was never i've never been i'm still not like a, a kid person um so to speak and um of course i know it's different when it's your own child um i one his his laugh is just such a beautiful thing mothering has come not so naturally but it's just been a really beautiful experience and also being in any place where i can dance dance has become something that i'm recognizing is really important in the way i work so i am, i incorporate a lot of dance into my retreats and i'm becoming more and more intentional about that um i'm hosting a friend who's doing a dance workshop that's no coincidence and i'm finding i'm just dancing a lot more to process emotion experience emotion and i'm honoring that the way music makes me feel is often the way i see people so it's very it feels like a very it feels like the same level of emotion and i experience so much emotion with music so i'm just i'm really exploring that as a place of comfort and intention in my life oh, i love it mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. What, and maybe you have many, but if you could even select one, um, a book, maybe a favorite book that stands out to you as having been um, instrumental on your journey. Well, I guess that would have to be Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Um, I had the privilege of seeing her speak. Um, I love that specific book because vulnerability and shame spoke to me in equal measure as something I was speaking more of in terms of vulnerability and something I was definitely wanting to experience less of because I was unwilling to be vulnerable when it came to shame. And if there's ever a resource, I point anyone to it's that book i actually was just thinking i'd love to read that again and sort of cover to cover because i tend to just take pieces out of it now and see where i am with it all today it also holds a really special place in my heart because i read it before i led my first women's retreat and so it heavily influenced what happened during that day. And it was one of the best days of my professional life. Wow. Mm, wow. She, Brene Brown is really one of those women who um, 
have also really inspired me. So always, always love hearing others um, who have been influenced by her and what a gift to your women on that day. So this is the impact we have, the ripple effects that we, that we create by sharing. Beautiful. So oh, then let me I ask you, what are you, you <laughs> I know, <laughs> what, um, what are you creating and, and um, working on that's inspiring you right now and, and lighting you up? What ripples are you um, making? So many things, Amanda, which is such a great answer to have. And please remind me that it's a great answer to have on the days where I'm like, oh, shit, what am I doing? <laughs> um, I, I mean, if there was, I've really been, okay, two things I'll, I'll answer to keep it um, short and intentional. The first is I've really been deepening into who do I stand what do I stand for? Who are my clients? What is my message? And there have been so many iterations of this throughout the years. And I've come to a place where the exploration has never been more clear, has never been well, actually, I was going to say it's never been more juicy. It's never felt juicy in the past. It's just like, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure. This feels painful. And for the first time, it feels really fucking juicy. Um, so, so just doing just a lot of intentionality around that, which, of course, is reflecting in my messaging in all of the different outlets that I have in the way I'm talking to my clients. So it just feels really beautiful to be focusing in and for that to feel somewhat effortless. Um, and the second thing is my book. I, so I just shared that Austin is 11 months old and I ended up having this incredible pregnancy I mean I was still pregnant right so it like came with all kinds of things but I really didn't experience the vast majority of the things we're supposed to experience during pregnancy and I had a great birth experience for me um, and and so I felt called to get this story down on paper um, I knew it when I was pregnant I started writing it on basically Austin's due date, um, which of course was almost a year ago now. And I stopped and started and stopped and started. And finally in December, after months and months of marinating, I felt ready to sit down and give it another go. I didn't know how it would go. And it was, it's just been incredible. It has poured out of me. I'm still letting go of the old story that if this is any good, it should be really hard. Um, and the tie-in for me, not that there even needs to be a tie-in, but there is, which is even more beautiful to my work, is that I believe we are responsible for the experiences we create, for the stories that we tell, and I did that with my pregnancy. I said no to many things that the nurses and doctors suggested um, just because it felt right to say no. Now, I'm no medical expert. I, you know, I'm certainly not advocating that you should say 
note of things that are recommended. But my point is, is that that's what I stand for in my coaching is that, you know, we can create our own stories. And as a result, we can create the outcomes that we really desire. And that's what I was able to do in pregnancy. I feel really proud of what happened. It was very I guess it was intentional, but I, I never I never could have imagined I would end up writing this book and that it would be such a potent experience. And I'll end by saying that it's it's just a really magical place to be, to be in the midst of a creative project and know with every fiber of my being that this can change the conversation we're having about pregnancy as women, which I believe is drastically due for an update. Oh, my goodness. So I love that I can just so relate. And I'm thrilled you said as a reminder, um, because this is something I feel so passionately about as well, and certainly have experienced that if it's any good, it has to be hard. Because that little voice has tried to make its way in a few times during my writing process as well. Because I very much relate that once I really, after months and months of stopping, starting, stopping, starting, and then I, I was ready, I sat and it has flowed. It has come out, it's come through me and it has not felt hard. And I'm, I'm grateful that you remind each of us that it doesn't have to be. Look at your pregnancy. Look at your birth. You are a walking um, model of this. And that is awesome. And I cannot wait to have you back when it's released so that we can talk more about it. Um, do you have any, any anticipated due dates for the book or working titles? Any names you're playing with? The only thing I'll share at this point that I can share for sure is that my finished draft is to be completed by next Friday. So, um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so like, right on the cusp of, oh my goodness. Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to hear more when the time is right. And um, yeah, and, and to share that as well with everyone, because I know I'll be reading that book at some point, and I will want everyone else to as well. Um, okay, final question, because by this point, everyone has just fallen desperately in love with you, I know, and, um, and want to connect with you more often, like I do. Where can they find you? How can they get in touch? Another great question. Yes. You know, the best place, well, my email is Sarah with an H at more soul sessions. That's more with two O's, just like my last name, Sarah at more soul sessions. Please say hi, drop me an email. If you have any questions, if there's any way I can help you, um, I'd love to connect. So that's the most direct way to get me. The second is more soul sessions. Facebook page. On there, I do a daily soul session that Amanda mentioned at the beginning of the interview, five days a week, where just like our conversation today, I'm sharing some small moment that seemed insignificant and yet is blowing my mind. So it's all my own personal intimate life stories with the intention of helping you create change in your own. And they're just in roughly three minute bites so you can digest them really easy 
easily. So um, that would be the best place to really get more valuable information that you can start implementing in your own life. But of course, they're completely free. Mm. Mm. Love, love, love. Amazing. Sarah, this has been an, a tremendous pleasure. I, I, there's no other way to say it that would make it sound any more true. It has really been such a pleasure to share this space with you. And I look forward to creating more time and sharing more space with you, however that may unfold. Yes, yes, mm. yes, a yes. million times. I've got my hands <laughs> crossed and I'm smiling to three-year-olds. So, yes. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners who dropped in and spent this time with us and felt inspired and more curious. Um, as Sarah said at the very beginning, the reason you're here is you are a curious soul. You are a curious being. Uh, you're already asking the questions. And so, you know, we trust that today we continue to reflect that back to you and guide you even further on your journey as you continue to ask these questions and seek the insignificant moments um, and notice the beauty all around you. If you have not yet subscribed, you are welcome to subscribe to Being Inspired on iTunes. And until next week, many blessings. Pieces of the brokenness inside